1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine, alongside, fresh off his appearance on Wrestling Observer Radio on Saturday night with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, we've got Ryan Frederick. Ryan,
2: you made it home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You found your way back to this podcast. Uh, I'm not leaving this. I'm not leaving this podcast unless, unless you know somebody gives me give me Dana White privilege money. So as they say, uh, so. or 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 if we get canceled. But yeah, I uh I've been I've been on my best behavior yet, so I don't think we're
1: gonna get canceled. Um, <laughs> although I did listen to your show, and you you mentioned that you had a podcast. You did not say what it was called. You did not say where anybody could find it.
2: <laughs> but uh, I said, I'll give you a, I'll, I, 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 I I I've specifically mentioned you. I said you said find me on social. media. Yeah, you did mention me. Have, Thank you'll you. Have the, de- you'll have all the de- all the you'll have de- all the all the details. I was kind of. You know what? It was honestly at at that time, it was almost 4 a.m. my time because we were going to, we were going to start, we were going to start recording at 2 30, 30, and I took a little power nap before then, but you know, naturally sometimes, you know, sometimes these things happen. You don't necessarily start on time. It was about a little bit after 3 a.m. but we started. So, so at that point, like I was just like, okay, make, I got to make sure I hit everything, everything on my plugs, plugs and just go to bed.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I know they, they record insanely late it's ridiculous but uh, yeah that was a pleasant surprise to wake up to on sunday morning to to hear you on there and uh yeah you did you did us proud uh you know i know there was uh, some people complained about the audio i, I it, it didn't even sound that bad to me but i listened through um my my sound system so i have a feeling like it might have sounded worse through headphones but but it was fine and your uh your analysis uh more than made up for it so well, i, uh, pre-
2: I appreciate it uh, you know that might be the first of who knows how many appearances we'll kind of yeah we'll kind of see see well hopefully see how it goes and hopefully yeah. next, hopefully next time my audio aka dave can hear me on my airpods and it'll be a little bit yeah a little bit better so i'm not having to go through a speakerphone hopefully or maybe next time i can actually do it like we we do it with microphones and all that yeah so. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and if you're, uh, if you're listening to the show for the first time, uh, because you heard Ryan on Wrestling Observer, thank you for, uh, for listening and please, uh, subscribe or leave us a five-star review. That really helps. And yeah, and it keeps, helps keep the website going. It helps keep the network going, I should say. But uh, yeah, so we always start off our show with our we have to talk about segment. And really, I, there's nothing else to talk about. I mean, we, well, there's actually one other thing we, we thought about talking about, but we got to talk about this main event. Um, now, I, I read uh, a comment by um, our friend uh, James McDaniel right before I started watching the main event because I was watching on a delay because I actually was a guest on a podcast on Saturday night too, uh the rap and uh, we were recording uh, just after the, uh, the UFC pay-per-view started so I had to watch on a bit of a delay and uh, I saw the comment oh that was the greatest UFC light heavyweight title fight I've ever seen and I'm like oh wow okay you know like there's been a lot of really good light heavyweight title fights over the years so I, I got a really good fight to look forward to and I respect James's opinion so uh, I'm like okay Okay, great and I'm watching this fight and I mean to me like I think James sold it short I think this was the best UFC fight of all time not just light heavyweight title fight not just title fight I you know I I don't know I think it was the best title fight a best fight of all time how you've seen them all like literally every single UFC fight in history and the good ones way more than once what do you think
2: okay it is i i agree 100 percent with james that it is it was the best light heavyweight title fight of all time and there's been some good ones um uh you know obviously john jones and alexander custos the first time they fought was incredible and then uh, cormier and gustafson that was a great title fight even going back as oh, yeah. far as uh forrest griffin and quentin jackson their title fight was really really strong but this was the best light heavyweight title fight of all time uh As far as best fight of all time, it's up there. I... I don't know that I can say it. I don't. I don't know that I can even say it's the best light heavyweight fight fight of all time because of that that first Dan Henderson Shogun Hua fight because that that was Ooh, incredible. That was good. That was incredible. Uh, I still think. You no, know I missed that one. <laughs> you missed that one. You need to go back and. Yeah. Have you seen it? I was watching.
1: I was watching uh, Strike Force or WAC or whatever it was that night. The Bellator. other great fight we had it's, on the same
2: night. Bellator, Bellator. Yeah. Bellator yeah. Chandler the, Alvarez. Chandler Everest, yeah. The, the first time they fought. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but. Uh, yeah. But have you seen that first? <laughs> Hendo Shogun fight. No. you've never seen it. No, no. <laughs> go back. <laughs> I've seen highlights. <laughs> go back and watch that when you have, watch that when you have thirty minutes sometime. Sometime that's incredible, okay. incredible. But uh, I'll do it but, this week. I'll but do this you week. don't have to. Just whenever. But uh, uh, as far as, I have a tough time saying that this is the best UFC fight of all time because there's been so many incredible ones. I'm still I still lean towards Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald their second fight being the, be- yeah, I, being the best one fight <laughs> best one and here's uh, the
1: reason okay he, here's my rationale for saying it was the best of all time to me this was like a movie this was yes, like yes. you know if you if you were scripting rocky and rocky was an mma fighter you'd have glover as rocky and yuri would be you know his opponent and every round had the one guy um completely dominating the round until the last minute. And then the other guy came back and almost like, and was dominating at the end to the point where you almost were questioning who won the round. That happened in every single round until you got to the last round. And then in the last round you had Glover took him down and and Yuri's like, he's done. Like, he's tired. He's not getting up. Glover's a black belt. He submits to everyone. He's Maybe he's not going to submit Yuri, but but Yuri's not getting up. And then you, Glover mounts him with, like, two minutes left. And you're like, this fight's over. Like, you know, he, he'll just lie there. You might not submit him, but it's over. And then all of a sudden, he, like, out of nowhere springs up and um, Uh, out of the mount and you're like oh my god i can't believe he did that but whatever he's still not gonna win and then all of a sudden he takes him down gets his back and you're like okay whatever he's still not gonna win and then all of a sudden it's over like i'm like what (laughs) like i mean i heard you describing it on on wrestling observer and like i like i said i watched on delay but i knew it was gonna be a great fight
2: i had no idea what i was in for yeah and my god this was so great yeah, well, <laughs> you, you remember how I've been talking about, it. you know, if if you were to make a movie about an MMA fighter, like Glover Teixeira coming into this fight was a perfect. And this would be how you like yeah. end that movie with to lead to the sequel, lead to a sequel. It was just absolutely incredible, incredible. And for Yuri, just to pull out the victory, victory out of the jaws of defeat oh was my incredible. God. I saw this. I saw this thing. It was two pictures. It was one where Glover had Yuri mounted, mounted. And then, and then the second picture was Yuri standing up, holding his arms up, and the caption said these pictures were taken 72 seconds apart. That's just how quick it tur- how quick it turned around. And this fight was just absolutely incredible, incredible. I I mean it. <laughs> I, I thought Yuri was going to knock Glover out in the second round and he came close several times to, to knock him out, but Glover yeah. just like, like there were shots that Glover was taking, was taking that he was, that a few years ago he wasn't able to take, take. And, and it's, no. it's crazy. Usually as you get older, the older and keep taking those shots, the chin goes more, but he was taking just some, some wild shots and, and going right through it. And, and Jesus, it's just what a fight. Like, like. I mean, it's hard to and put it into words.
1: And Prochaska, as well was, like, taking shots from Glover where, like, you you were, like, all of a sudden he's got the the, the skankly legs and, and he's going to go down. And you're like, okay, well, Glover's just going to take him down and submit him. Like, that's what's going to happen. And then he took him down, but he didn't submit him. Like, I don't know how Yuri didn't get submitted, like, at all. Like, Glover submits everybody. And, like... Like he earned this championship, like the the ending, the way he like pulled victory out of the jaws of defeat, as the cliche says. I mean, that part was reminiscent of Silva Sunin one, except for that. I mean, Silva Sonnen one was like, you know, 24 minute or 23 minutes of Sonnen laying and praying on top and then Silva just getting a submission out of nowhere. But this was I mean, this was just I mean, the, the, I guess it's really hard to compare it in some cases. Like, you brought up that Lawler-Roy McDonald fight, or you could even go, you know, with Weili Zhang and Yoani and Jaycek the first one, you know, where, you know, it was just, you know, rock'em, sock'em, robots for 25 minutes and, you know, incredible damage in that. I mean, we got a bit of that, but nothing like that. To me, this was more like the drama and to where, like, you know, you and I are both pro-wrestling fans. and. I don't think you could script a pro wrestling match this good. Like I, I sure as hell no WWE couldn't do it. Um, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, AEW or new Japan, but I, I don't mean, even think they could.
2: I mean, the closest, the closest, uh, match I've seen in the, like the last year that maybe gave me the same kind of emotion as far as like wrestling was maybe hangman and Danielson, the, the, the first fight or maybe, yeah, or maybe, the, or maybe punk and MJF, the, the dog collar match. It's just, but completely different, but like completely like different kind, kind of, of, of fights. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. It's it's hard to compare MMA to to pro wrestling because pro wrestling, you know, you can <laughs> you can come up with all these ideas, could, ideas and all that, and it, and, it, and it comes off great. But this is like this is like basically if it's a fight. It's improv. Like you don't know what the hell hell's yeah. gonna happen, and it just it's just it's a different kind of drama. And it's just it's it's the best kind of drama when you're watching when you're watching MMA it's just it's it was just incredible like words it's really hard to put into word, words just yeah. how great this fight was and it's a fight that I could probably watch once a month and, and just enjoy the hell out of it every time
1: well, I wonder, and I I wonder if you'll leave room for the fact that, you know, maybe if I ask you the same question in like a year from now, you know, what was the best fight of all time? Might you actually come back to this one, you know, as to where like right now, maybe, you know, you don't want to say like with recency bias and everything like that. And me, You know, me, I'm prone to di- hyperbole. Every fight I see is either the best or the worst fight I've ever seen. So, um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, this one, when people are talking about their best fights of all times, I think maybe even, you know, you could even go with not necessarily even best, but favorite or best story or, you know, it's, there's got to be something. This fight's going in the Hall of Fame. Guaranteed. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah 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 and and good for you know new world champion yuri pachoska um or yeah, I don't even know I heard like about nine different pronunciations of his name on on a Wrestling observer the other day but um good good for him, yeah. i mean you've been calling this since before his first u f c fight and uh here we are a couple of years later and uh and he's the champ and I, and like you said, I mean, I think we need to go right to the rematch yeah. but you know and 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 there's no real you brought up some names uh, in the post fight thing, you know, but I mean, there's nobody that is just sitting there like, oh, my God, this guy's got to have a title shot like right now. So, I mean, there's no reason once these guys are recovered six months from now, give another another five rounds and let's see what happens.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, real real, real quick, you know, how I've been doing the star ratings for MMA fights and I said yeah. I would never break the five-star for the best fight. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, but this is a fight that like I was just tempted to because it was uh, that, incre- that incredible. I would have that incredible. And I will say this, I'd have gone like six and a half. I'd have gone six and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I might've gone. I might've gone a little overboard and gave it 10. You know, that's just, oh, that's just yeah. sound crazy. Crazy. But, uh, I will say that this fight, uh, I know he's going up to heavyweight. This fight really made me want to see Yuri against John Jones. I mean, just yeah, just that yeah. that kind of style matchup is just like I've been wanting to see that that fight, you know, since before Yuri came in. But that made me want to see it, see it even more, even this more. Fight so. this fight made this fight made John
1: Jones want to fight Steve Miocic.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. yeah, but as as far or as or
1: even did, you know I. I even want to see like Glover against John Jones at this point now. I mean, we saw it years ago, but this is a different guy. Yeah, this is a different Glover. Like- yeah yeah that this was incredible and it capped off you know a a pretty incredible show um you know even without this if this fight had been average i think we still would have said this was like one of the best shows of the year um we got uh in the co-main event i mean i went last last weekend i or last week when we recorded i said tala santos has no chance and uh Turns out I was wrong because she definitely had a chance. And uh, in fact, I scored the fight for her. Um, although I, I, you know, I can't really argue with anybody who scored it for Valentina. Uh, I kind of do question the 139-37 scorecard, but... 149-46. Um, you know, that... Or forty nine, forty six, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, and, and really like the fight kind of turned around with, uh, you know, an accidental headbutt um, or, you know, Ty- Tyler might have won, you know, she might have won like, you know, 48- herself uh, because she was dominating up to that point and then you know she got this nasty hematoma her face looked like just completely caved in on one side she couldn't see out of her left eye and and Valentina started tagging her on that side for the rest of the fight and really won you know easily won the last two rounds Uh, but uh, this was the toughest fight she's ever had at 125 and she retained the title split decision Um, again this is another one where I think we could do a rematch match, but... Maybe you know, maybe they want to give Santos one or two more fights to see. You know, was this just a fluke? Is she really this good? Um, and uh, and we got a couple other interesting fights on the horizon. Uh, you brought up Tate and Murphy. That's happening uh, in like three weeks. So you know, winner of that, especially if it's Misha Tate, could uh, could challenge Valentina. And then you know, maybe you do Tala. You know, next next spring or something. But uh, great great co main event as well. I thought like one of the best fights I've seen Valentina have. Have other than the uh, the Nunez fights,
2: yeah, I mean uh, Santos did break her orbital bone uh, on her in her right eye, right eye. So there's that. Okay. As far as like, oh sorry, again, yeah, the- yeah, like when you're looking at her straight on, it's it's your left side, yeah, yeah. her right side, her right side. But uh, well, it was yeah, and it, and it was Valentine that was landing left, yeah, yeah and okay. that's what, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it it was unfortunate that that happened. It's really hard to say whether whether the fight would have ended any differently because because v- Valentina was starting to come on strong strong at the, near the end of the third end of the third so so I mean you know yeah yeah played a diff played a difference who know but who know it happened so early in the fourth that you just kind of can't can't know I thought it
1: happened it, in the middle of the third am I yeah,
2: wrong I thought it happened at the end of the third and and then when I was kind of like reading the other people say they said it started it happened like right at the like at the very beginning of the of the fourth like within the like the okay. first fifteen sec, okay. fifteen seconds. So I mean, okay. you know, okay. you know, these things happen. It's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Uh, yes, it did play a, play a role in Santos not being able to to see. And she she did have a solid fourth fourth round. Valentina still won it, but Valentina definitely won won the fifth. You know, it's hard like I said, hard to say. Hard to say if it actually played a difference in in what happened in the fourth, fourth or fifth. Though it did affect Sant- Santos. We could have still ended up with the same same decision here. But uh, yeah, I mean, we. Every, I feel like everybody was writing Santos off. I mean, even I, I was. I was sure as hell. I mean, you know, we talked about her. Just you know, her only really impressive win was against Joanne Wood, and she you know didn't have. You know her wins were against you know unranked people, so it's very hard to be like be like is she ready for Valentina. And I kind of noticed this about Valentina. It's, it was weird because when Cormier was was interviewing her, her and asking, and he was saying something about her wanting time off, which didn't make sense because she hadn't fought in almost nine months. But she's, you know, and she only really fights twice a year. But it seems like the longer that's in between her fights, the more kind of like struggles she has because the last time she had issues the last time she was really like in any kind of like i guess i don't know if you want to call it trouble or a tough fight at least at the beginning was the jennifer maya fight which was also with nine with nine months off so it feels like you know the longer she takes off the more kind of Kind of like when she starts, when she starts actually fighting, fighting, it takes her a little bit to, you know, get her timing and stuff, stuff going. So it feels like she needs to be somebody who's, who's active to stay. She needs to be active if she's going to stay, you know, at the top of flyweight because it. This one kind of started to feel like maybe some people are catching up to her at one hundred twenty five pound, pounds. I mean, you know, uh, it'll be interesting if Misha, Misha fights her next. Uh, because Misha Misha's good with wrestling not going to be able to stand stand with Valentina Valentina but I think if Santos can take Valentina down I think Misha can but uh, yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah I think Santos two more wins she'll probably uh, two more wins and one against like one of these like Manon Fioro's or or Alexa Grasso's or Erin Blanchfield's. If she wins, like she fights one of those and beats one of those, then yeah, then yeah, you can see we could easily see this again. So, but but yeah, uh, great showing by both, honestly.
1: I like uh, yeah, I really like that fight. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV,
0: which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away.
1: And then the other one that, uh, you know, were, was, you know, maybe in, for a lot of people, the number one selling point of this show was the uh, Whaley Zhang, yoani and Check rematch. And uh, this was, I mean, the first round was, you know, basically, I like the way you put it, you know, it was basically the sixth round of their first fight. Um, just back and forth, both women landing, you know, hard shots. Whaley definitely won. She was doing a lot of damage, especially at the end of the round. And, uh, and then the second round, it, it was kind of starting out more of the same, except, you know, Waylay was just kind of taking over. And then just out of nowhere, she hit the, the Eddie Kingston. Uh, spinning back forearm and uh, just dropped Joanna like right on her face, um, and uh, just you know the crowd exploded. Um, Wei Li Zhang is a superstar, or I guess I should I call her Zhang Wei Li. Um, I always get it get it wrong. I'm like Daniel Cormier. he was just going <laughs> on and on. Sometimes with
2: the, yeah, <laughs> sometimes with these these Chinese name, names. One time they'll say it one way, and the next time they'll say it a di- yeah. different way. So it's just it's kind of kind of confused yeah, i'll
1: just I'll just go with Li Zhang because that's what I'm reading on my notes here yeah. but uh yeah she uh one of the best knockouts of the year um I'm sure it's gonna get votes for knockout of the year you know because a lot of people would have saw this and uh and Yuana, I mean and and this was you know the other thing the, the major talking point out of the show um they interviewed her after and clearly she was out of it and she even said she was out of it uh but she um she retired um uh, she laid her gloves down she said, i don't really want to do this anymore i've been doing it for 20 years i want to have babies Um, she put over Li Zhang and she said i worked really hard and just wasn't good enough and uh and she's retiring and this is right after signing like a big contract for what was it like six or seven fights six fights and uh yeah six fights and now she's apparently retired so we'll see i mean retirements in mma hardly ever stick and she's not you know, if she's going to fight again, it's going to have to be in UFC. So um, this could be even a situation like Misha Tate where, you know, she just takes a few years off and then comes back. But um, as of right now, she laid her gloves down in the center and uh, and she's done. But uh, great performance for Weili Zhang. She's going to get a title shot off of this, no doubt. And uh, she'll be a big favorite against Carlos Barza.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Weili looked just absolutely incredible. I mean, I mean she – it was – Definitely a different way lee than we saw of who fought Rose, even though that Wei Li was still yeah still good. I I think Wei Lee kinda of just stuck back in China for the entire tire camp this time just with the because, you know, you don't want to kind of throw your body off body off, you know, coming to America and then trying to get adjusted back to that same kind of time zone time zone. But uh whatever she did, it really paid off. And uh as far as Joanna retiring, like my gut when it first happened was like I don't know if this one's gonna gonna stick. But, you know, when you kinda of think about it think about it, the only reason She really wanted to keep, wanted to fight was to win the title again because that was where she was going to make, make her big money. And obviously, if she won this fight, she was going to keep on going. She's going to get the title shot next. She would probably would have beat Carla and would have had the title and got the pay-per-view points and the bigger, bigger money, which she was used, to, which she was used to. But now like this is, you know, two straight losses. So she's not, it it would be a few fights before she'd be getting back in the back to a title shot, title shot. As long as she won the one those. And I guess maybe, maybe it's maybe something that doesn't just interest her. Like she only wants, you know the title fights and and yeah i mean it, they they tried so hard for two years to get her to come back to get her to fight and she didn't want, she didn't want to, she didn't want to. And then finally, finally she agreed to, and then all of a sudden signs a new contract and all of a sudden it kind of just ditches, a, ditches them. I don't know that Dana or the matchmakers or anything were kind of expecting this to happen all of a sudden, you know, why, why go through that all that trouble of the last two years of trying to get her to sign a new deal and all that for her to just basically, walk away from it after one fight one fight that's what that's where I kind of find, found it a little bit weird weird I get her reasons you know fighting for 20 years fighting and training for 20 years yeah uh, wanting to be a ma mom, mom wanting to be a businesswoman she makes a lot of money being you know promoting stuff on Instagram she may you know and that's mm-hmm. and that's a huge that's a huge industry kind of the these days is you know being I guess what you call an Instagram model model, you know, and promoting products, products. So, so I think she's going to be okay if she doesn't fight. If she comes back, I won't be surprised. But at the same time, if she doesn't come back, I won't be s- surprised.
1: Yeah. That's why I kind of, you know, compared it to Misha Tate because Misha did the same thing. You know, she went and had kids and I think most people just kind of forgot about her and didn't really think she'd ever come back. And now she's back and, you know, she's, you know, fighting and, you know, she'll, she'll probably do a few more fights and at some point she'll retire again. And when she retires this time, it'll probably be for good. So yeah. it's possible. Joanna could do that as well, but she's a little bit older than Misha was too. Yeah. I think yeah. she's older than Misha is now. So
2: yeah. Misha, um, uh, you know, Yana's 34, going to be 35, five in yeah. August and Misha's 35, five right now. But, uh, when Misha retired, I'm trying to, uh, she was 29. Yeah. She was 29, 29. So, so when she did that, it was kind of like, kind of like 29 for her, for her. Yeah. Yeah. She'll probably come back 30, 34 going on 35 for Yana. I mean, yeah, she'd have to come back within a year, honestly, if she's going to come back. Yeah.
1: And if she has babies or, you know, even one, I mean, that's at least a year. So, you know, between having the baby and recovering and and that's all a, that, and then she's got to start training again. Yeah, more like so,
2: 18, it's about 18 I mean, months at the, at a bare minimum for most. Yeah.
1: Yeah so i mean yeah yeah if she goes through with that then yeah we we may you know who knows like maybe you know again maybe four or five years from now she decides you know what i just want to have one fight i want my son or daughter to see me fight and uh you know i mean we could see that but um that, that would probably be the only way but if she is retired as you had in your column i mean she'll she'll be in the hall of fame uh as soon as they decide to put her in uh definitely a pioneer uh first ever well second strawweight champion but for me the first legitimate one and uh you know the first really star in the women's division i think outside of ronda rousey well i guess misha tate as well but i mean she was right there i mean she was a lot of people at one point were calling her like the pound for pound best fighter in the world. Or best female fighter in the world for sure, and and, until you know, Nunez won the title.
2: And she made she made a lot of money as champion because she was never in that headline spot, but she was always on. She always seemed to be like in a co-main or in a title title fight on the right cards on these like big big shows, yeah, like like a like on a Rousey show or a Connor show. So so she got kind of she kind of benefited from from all that too. So so you know Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and right there, I mean, we talked, you know, we've we've talked about
1: this show, and and there's a ton that went on, but man, there was a lot of other stuff. So let's get into our uh, three stars, and I mean, we may have to have, I mean, we could probably do it without using any of these three, but it's kind of hard not to use these three. But what do you what do you got for your
2: three? Uh, I got first one, uh, I, you know, I'm going to cheat a little, cheat a little bit, and say my first star is Yuri. Just, just to kind of just because okay. I want to hey. kind of kind of leave you leave you a little lee, leeway because we probably have most of the same three same three but you know I. I've been on the show for years and been in my column for years saying he's going to be a UFC UFC champion the first time he gets a shot. So so I have to put him as my number one star. Basically, I'm backing it backing it up. You know, I've been the I've been you know I won't call myself the con- conductor of the of the Yuri hype train, but I've been but I've been near the front of the, the front of the train train. So yeah, you know that second star Jake Matthews <laughs> he was just absol he looked absolutely incre- incredible his just striking was insanely good like the best yeah. ever I've seen it. And, you know, Andre Fiello, I talked about last week. Third fight in eight weeks. He was talking during the week, week about, you know, already talking to Dana and the matchmakers about fighting in July. Maybe he's like looking ahead, looking ahead, but I go like three fights in eight weeks will catch up to you, especially when you're fighting somebody like Jake Matthews. And it did. And because he did not look, he looked flat and not good at all. And he couldn't take these punches from Matthews. So there's that. I'll leave one. I'll leave a specific one for you. You and I'll go down to. Uh, I'll go down to the women's straw weight and uh, my third star. I'll pick Silvana Gomez juarez just because she's. She uh that was a little fun. Minute twenty two second fight with uh, her and Liang Na and Juarez had lost her first two UFC fights by armbar in the first round, and Na looked like she was trying to take her down to do the same thing. And then all of a sudden Juarez landed a big right hand, and Na was just kind of like, like you know, just trying to find a way to stay on her feet. And then another one knocked her out cold. So that was a very impressive performance. You very you very rarely see like one punch knockouts like that at straw weight straw weight without something crazy like a spinning back fist but uh you know but like straight right hands you rarely see that at straw weight so i wanted to give her a little bit of a a little bit of recognition on that
1: Actually, if you hadn't have picked her, I was going to because I I just like I thought she I I don't know how many people would have saw this because it was on the early prelims but she she looked like such a star she came out she was so confident and she was happy and just relaxed and then she just destroyed this poor woman and uh, and was supremely confident afterwards and I'm really really interested to see where she goes from here but um, I will go with uh, for my first star we'll go
2: uh, with um, I yeah, Mahashate. Is that isn't it is I, I've heard so many different pronunciations <laughs> I know from, from what I, I the original know. I heard it was Mahashate, and then like yeah. John Annick was saying and I can't really remember exa- exactly how he was saying it but yeah yeah I know what you're talking about. I'm going to go with
1: Mahashate. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. So he got a first round K over Steve Garcia. Just, this was the one, this was the other flare flop, right? Yes. Where he just flattened him. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, just destroyed him. And then he like, I think he kind of came to when he hit the canvas and didn't know what had happened. But I mean, clearly, I mean, he was out and it was a good stoppage by the referee. Um, Jack Della Maddalena. Uh, I don't know if that's the one you were saving for me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he, yeah, yeah, two thirty-two uh, liver punch, one of our favorite, you know, KOs that we see. Um, he just destroyed Ramazan Emiev, uh, maybe sent him out of the UFC. Um, and D- Della Medelena is. Um, He's a star. I mean, he's welterweight. He's twelve and two. He was a guy that I even said uh was, you know, an ROI pick. And uh he uh just looked great here. I think he he went in as a – he was a favorite, I think, by the end. I think he opened as an underdog and by the time the thing was over he was a favorite. And I don't know what was going on with Amyev. He had that weird thing on his on his body that looked like a sunburn or that he'd taken a body kick in training or something. Like it was just nasty, but he, uh, and then he, you know, with a liver punch. So uh, clearly Della, 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 Della Madalena was targeting it. Um, and then you know what my third star. I mean, there's a lot of people I could go with, but I got I got to go with Whaley. Li. Like she, um, she just. I mean, she was such a star. You know, um, maybe the biggest star in the building to the people that were there. Certainly the females, um, and uh, just you know like her celebration and her you know just the way she prepared for this fight and destroyed her opponent and focused and I mean I think we're gonna see. Uh, you know, the second two-time champion uh, or third, I guess, because Rose and Carla and now and now Wei Li. I think, I think she's gonna mow through Carla and and uh, take this title back, and that's the uh, what what they need in that market. So, yeah. Um so why don't you take us through the rest of these fights, which were, you know, some pretty great fights, not not too many
2: bad ones. Yeah. Yeah it uh started off with a uh women's a rare women's featherweight fight, Jocelyn Edwards unanimous decision over Rom- Ramona Pasqual thirty twenty seven and then two twenty nine twenty eight. and that's what this says. I think I thought it was two thirty twenty seven whatever. But uh but yeah, Edwards. It was basically like she was spamming, spamming kicks, you know, throughout the fight, especially in the second and third. And that played the difference because Pascual had a good, good end of the first round, but she kind of slowed. She kind of slowed. So yeah, it, that was, to me, that was the weakest fight on the card. Card, but uh, I mean, still, still a good fight. Uh, then you had Silvana Gomez Juarez knocking out Liang Na minute twenty two. Then you, have, then you kicked off the ESPN 2 port, portion with a really fun bantamweight fight. Kyung-ho Kang, uh, unanimous decision over Dana Badgeray. Uh, Badgeray won the first round, but Kang won the second and third. He was lighting Badgeray up with a jab. Badgeray's face uh, was a mess. I want to point out that there was a spot in the second round where Bajere or, oh, or yeah. Kang was clearly on the ground and Bajere landed an illegal knee that was clear as day in front of referee Thomas Fan and it wasn't called and, ta- and even Kang got up be was like you know you know you're gonna call this and and you know referee Thomas Fan was just like, nope, keep on fight, keep on fighting and it was it was dumb, it was horrible, horrible and I don't know if Thomas Fan was supposed to officiate any more fights on the card, but after this fight he became a fan for the rest of the night because he had well yeah he had and the he's the only on guy it. that that he, he's the only guy that got one fight there was yeah. five
1: refs in this on yeah. the show
2: so I don't know I don't know but I don't know if Thomas I don't know if he was supposed to do anymore but Thomas Fan became a fan after this fight so uh, so yeah I wanted to get that little pun in <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a then, good we, one. then we had a middleweight fight, Brendan Allen, uh unanimous decision over Jacob Malcoon, 29 28 across the board. I had it Allen twenty nine twenty eight. I thought he won the first and the third. I know a lot of people were saying Malcoon on the first because the first seemed to be the close round that close and debatable, debatable round. A lot of people were saying Malcoon. Yeah, he had control control on a lot of control in the first, but he wasn't doing anything with his control. And if you look at the scoring and Allen, he had that big judo throw takedown, and he landed a little bit from the top, but he also landed on the feet. When you look at the scoring criteria, you're supposed to do damage over control, control, and that's you know based on the scoring criteria. Allen won the first and third. And I don't know that, I don't know how there's much of a debate, yeah. even though even though I the, scored it for Malcoon, but yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's just my, just just how I saw it. I mean I know them, I know yeah. it was like 53-47 on the percentage wise on the media scores for Malkoon Malkoon, so it was it was a toss-up fight, but I, I thought Allen won. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh then we had Mahashate knocking out Steve Garcia. A minute and fourteen seconds. If you didn't see this knockout, go back and watch it. It's a very good one. And then you had uh, close out the prelims with a fun featherweight fight. Josh Bell split decision over Sung Wu Choi. Two twenty nine twenty eights and then a twenty nine twenty eight for Choi. I don't know how you Score the fight for Choi. The uh, whatever his name, Dmitryov, yeah, Dmitriov. I forget his whatever the judge it was. He gave the first round to <laughs> he gave the first round to Choi, which made no sense because Koolibal drop Choi and rocked him and almost finished him in the first but somehow he gave Choi the f- first but uh first two rounds were very exciting and it it was all kind of on its way to fight of the night until the main card happened but uh but then the third third kind of slowed down Choi definitely won the third but i thought say won the fight overall <clears throat> Excuse me again. Uh, then you have the main card. Well, uh, welterweight fight Jack Della Madalena, first round TK over Ramazani Meeve. Then you had Jake Matthews, second round knockout of Andre Fialo. Then you had Whaley over Johanna, uh, Valentino over Santos to keep the flyweight title. And then main event, incredible. Yuri Prochaska uh, submission with 28 seconds to go over Gliver to to yeah. win the light heavyweight title.
1: Incredible, um, that uh, Kula Ch- uh Choi fight. Um, I mean, you you said it. I said it on Twitter. Um, that was the perfect um, pre like headliner, the like, prelim headliner going into a pay per view. Because if someone's watching on TV and on the fence about buying the show, and they see this fight, I mean, it was incredible. Like Choi would just kept getting up like i some of the times he was dropped and i mean it looked like he was finished and he just popped up like nothing it it was um it, it was in some ways it was like the um famous fight between um garcia and uh korean zombie uh back in the day um you know not not quite the exact same kind of fight but but the same you know like where it's it's just a perfect showcase um so yeah i like that um the uh and on most nights that might have won fun of the night but i mean there's probably two other ones that were better than that on the main card um so we got uh the they gave out seven bonuses um we got the fight of the night for uh ov- obviously the main event Wei jang uh won a uh performance of the night jake matthews jack Della delena uh Maheshate and uh Silvana gomez juarez so uh, yeah all the people we picked as our three stars all got 50k as well so Good good weekend for them. You want to hear? You uh, want to hear a
2: funny and, story? Uh, you want to hear a funny story real quick? Sure. So you know how they yeah. been doing those crypto fan bonus of fan bonus of the night yes. awards, basically a popularity oh, contest. It, contest. You know yeah. they went to Valentina Yuri and and Wei Li, You know first, second, and third. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, like they gave them, they pay those out in crypto on crypto dot com. Dot, dot com. and whatever they were worth Saturday night, as of this, as of today, they're they're worth twenty percent less than what it was because crypto hit wow crypto crashed today. So so I guess you know Valentina she she got thirty thousand for her for first place first place you know she got thirty thousand in crypto which is now I guess only worth about twenty 24. four thousand after afterwards kind of better cash that in quick yep (laughs) yeah um
1: the show did uh 10,787 in singapore 1.5 million dollar gate i don't even know that that's important because i think they probably got a site fee (laughs) um
2: but uh, yeah they definitely they definitely made way more than 1.5 million dollars on that gate All right well there you go you probably, and yeah uh, hopefully they probably made about 50 times that on the gate <laughs> really Wow.
1: All right. Well, that's why they went to Singapore. Um, all right. Uh, we also had uh, well, real quick, we'll go over tough. Um, we had last week's show, which I thought was a pretty good episode. Um, we had the weight cutting issues a couple weeks ago, and and it reared its ugly head again here with um, the favorite uh, Carla Guthrie um, not making weight. Uh, she she finally did, but she she had to just work her ass off, and she had to strip down naked, and she ended up having to cut her hair in order to make weight. Weight. and then basically i think it really affected her in the fight because she came out strong in the first round and then the uh her opponent uh I'm just Juliana on her Miller name right now Jul- Laura Jul- Oh yeah yeah Juliana Miller Yeah she was yeah man she was um, She. it's funny because she did this promo at the beginning of the fight where she looked all nervous and it, it was almost like she was trying to talk herself into the fact that I'm going to beat her and she doesn't never face anyone like me but then she went out and basically fought the exact fight that she said she was going to do in the promo and she was relentless and, and going into like the third round she was like just she wouldn't sit down and she was like all fired up and she, Dana was marking out her cage side and like I want to fight now I want to fight now and she came in and she just destroyed her in the third round and and uh she got the win and i think like i said i think um uh, carlo guthrie gassed out carlo is the number one pick and uh it's a big upset for uh team uh team pena and uh yeah and we're uh we're getting the last heavyweight fight coming up this week uh chandler it's cole. uh chandler cole and jordan, jordan. jordan heiderman yeah yeah, so that's uh, tomorrow or tonight as you're listening. Uh, any other thoughts on on that?
2: I, I feel like uh, Juliana, when coming into the season that that Juliana Miller kind of felt like somebody who they were hoping they could make a star off this show. So it was very good. Okay. So the win for her w- was good. Was good. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's in the finals. So so I can't say say anything thing on that. But we'll see if she can you know, do this momentum, but she was definitely, I feel like she was somebody they were hoping that, that if she won, that'd be a good, that'd be a good thing for the show. Yeah,
1: yeah, she definitely was a compelling uh, personality for sure. And Claire Guthrie as well, like, you know, you could see it, you know, she was disappointed and hopefully she gets a shot. I mean, obviously she was picked number one, so people must have thought a lot of her and uh, maybe she'll get a chance in UFC someday. She'll probably have to go on the Contender Series or something at some point, but... Um, and then yeah and then the, we got this week's show and then as well uh, PFL's back this week um, so they got a show on Friday on uh, on ESPN um, you know for the main card ESPN plus for the prelims um, there's a few names on this card actually Jeremy Stevens uh, o- Olivier Obama Mercier and uh, shoeface and the main event Clay collard and Alex Martinez collard coming off uh, that great fight with Jeremy Stevens uh, in April um, and uh, yeah my... Miles Price fight Jeremy Stevens this time out. Even the prelims aren't bad. Marcin Held, Nathan Schult, Rob Wilkinson's fighting uh, due to Omar Omar Akmedov. So, yeah, that's uh, Friday at seven Eastern, I assume, is the prelims. Yes. So the main card, do you know what time? Ten. Ten. Probably ten Eastern time. Ten. Yeah. Okay. On uh, ESPN. So yeah, that'll be. Uh, I don't know if they have basketball. No,
2: they got no basketball, no hockey, so they might they might do okay. Yeah, probably not, but. I have something to watch my hotel room on my limited cha- on my limited channels <laughs> options. Oh, really? What are you uh, What are you doing this weekend? Well, we're about to get into
1: it. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, what? Oh, is it Austin? Is that yeah. this weekend? Yeah, <laughs> is that where this show is? Oh, I you know what I I knew this card like I yeah I, I you know I did all the research for this card. I the one thing I didn't look at was where it is. So it's it's Austin. Okay, yeah, you're going to this show. Yeah, um, cool. This is a good this is a good card. Yeah, I was uh, you know normally we kind of bang on these cards, but there, there's a lot of big fighters, like a lot of big names on this
2: show. Yeah, a lot of I'm um, like, I'm very excited about this card, especially for a fight night fight night card. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean the um, you know, the main event is uh, you know, great featherweight fight. Um couple of top 10 featherweights, uh Calvin Qatar and Josh Emmett. Um, you know, Qatar is, you know, almost always has like a fight of the night, fight of the year contender every time he fights. Josh Emmett is you know, the upset kid. Uh that's what I noticed when I was doing my my uh my research. Uh and we'll get into that in my ROI picks. But uh yeah, we got that. We got Cerrone Lozon, which uh, you know, they they moved to this show so it could be done in front of fans. We got Eddie Wineland, I mean WEC never die. Uh Court McGee, you know, a lot of a lot of big names. Julian Marquez. Um, I uh yeah, tell us about this main event though.
2: Um, you know, Calvin Qatar, Josh Emmett. Yeah, it's a very it's a very big fight because because we were talking about about you know if, who's gonna who's gonna step up and be next at feather featherweight and the winner of this fight easily could easily could especially if Volkanovski beats Max Hall Max Holloway in in a trilogy fight Josh Emmett has four straight wins a fifth I mean that's very hard to do hard to do at featherweight but when you look at who he who he's beaten. Beaten in that in that four fights, yeah. It started off with Michael Johnson. Then he beat Mircea Bektic. Then he had that had that win over Shane Burgos in that incredible fight fight where he tore his ACL during the fight and then had to had to miss you know a year and a half and it was a very struggle for him to come back. And then he had the win over Dan Ige in December. I mean, yeah, that's four in a row you know he's won. he's six and one and six and one since moving down to featherweight i mean he's very he's he's top guy but calvicator this is like his fourth straight main event we saw him having just an incredible showing against giga chikadze in january and uh i mean this has excitement written all over it it's gonna it should be a great fight
1: yeah, I, uh, I'm like, I mean, Josh Emmett is, I mean, the guy's 17 and two. Um, you know, he, he lost to Des Green in a split decision, and then he got knocked out by Jeremy Stevens. And like, other than that, he's unbeaten. Um, Calvin Katara's obviously faced tougher competition, but, um, you know, I, I people,
2: Josh Emmett's always an underdog, and he always finds a way to win. Josh Emmett feels like one of those guys, like, like when you're talking about really like, Good, solid, top-tier fighters, he just never gets brought up, and it's it's crazy. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, 17-2, I mean, right there. I mean, that's your,
1: you know, and, and yeah, I think it's just because, you know, he, he comes into these fights and people kind of always look at his opponent and say, well, that guy's really good, and then more often than not, Josh beats him. So, um, and yeah, and then the other one, I mean, and probably for most people watching the real main event, um, you know, and certainly in terms of name value, definitely not in terms of title contention or anything like that, but Donald Cerrone and Joe Lozon, um, you know, lightweight two like longtime vets of the sport. And man, when I was doing my ROI stuff, research for this, I had to go back and look at every fight over the last 10 years. And Donald Cerrone's had a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um he's uh, yeah like uh yeah right all the way back to uh you know the um you know fuel tv against jeremy stevens his name keeps coming up and i've mentioned jeremy stevens like five times in the last five minutes um but uh, yeah and these amazingly these guys have never fought um and and here they are and, and they're gonna fight in front of fans in austin and in front of ryan uh he'll be at cage side and uh yeah i mean it's you know maybe five years maybe even longer than five years after this fight would have been like maybe headlining a show, but this is, um, I, I'm sure the fans there won't care. They're just going to love seeing these two guys and I'm sure they're going to have a good
2: fight. Yeah, well, if uh, if the real reason Cerrone, you know, couldn't fight in May was because was because of uh, food poisoning from tacos, I hope he stays away from the tacos in Austin that are going to be ab- <laughs> abundant. You know, just don't don't eat the taco, don't eat tacos again. I mean, you know, it, it might be tempting. In Austin, you know, there's there's a bunch of good places to eat, eat. But uh, as far as like a matchup, I mean, we talked about it a month ago when it was originally supposed to ha- happen, and we, I mean, it feels like it's just just a little bit of a delay. But but yeah, it's probably Lozon's last fight, and Cerrone. We don't know how much time is left for him. So so yeah, it's just it's too. You know, I guess you can use the word legends on this. You know, two legends battling. I mean, it, re- it kind of really doesn't matter who wins and loses. Loses because there's nothing, you know, no title shot implications. But it's just fan favorites going at it. And it should be fun. Yeah. Uh, so what? That's like a three-hour drive for you uh, to Austin? Yeah. yeah. I'm leaving Friday morning probably about f- uh, 4 or 5 a.m. to get down there for the weigh-ins. Wayans and stay until oh, cool. Sunday. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll definitely look forward to your coverage. Um, I uh, have they run Austin before? Yeah, yeah. This is the fifth show in Austin. The, the fifth. Oh, really? Okay. Fourth, fourth show, fourth show in Austin. The first one, first one in four and a half year since February twenty eighteen, okay. which was actually the main event of that show was uh, Cerrone against uh, Yancey Medeiros. Yeah, they were. Oh, okay. They were supposed to. I, uh, yeah, man. Austin gets four shows and we've had two. Mm. I mean, I'm surprised Austin's only had four shows since it's like the like, I don't know, like the seventh or sixth biggest city in the U.S. U.S. But uh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. What? uh, Like like population population wise. Yeah. Really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I I honestly (laughs) had no idea. Yeah, it like, like it's, it's 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 the hit play. You know, you being up in Canada, Canada, you might not might not follow it as much, but it's like the the hit place to move move for Sorry, it's it's number eleven. Huh. I don't know why it's number. I thought it was higher than that, but but they've had a lot. How of... How
1: is it like in terms of Texas? Like I would have assumed that um like I would have assumed <laughs> like Houston, Dallas,
2: you know, it, San Antonio are all it, ahead of it. it it's, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas. Are ahead of it, in Fort Fort Worth, where I live, is just right behind it. But it's funny, Texas has okay. Texas has five of the top thirteen and most populated cities. So, okay, yeah, I'm looking at the list right now. Yeah, actually, the list I'm looking at has Austin at ten.
1: Um, they might have passed. I don't it. know if it's accurate. A, it's uh, yeah. It's a world population review, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, wow. I had no idea. Like, I honestly, like I assumed Austin was,
2: you know, like, I don't even know, like Vegas, you know, like yeah. that size or something. Yeah. Well, uh, um, if, uh, wow. If you ever come to Texas, uh, go to Austin. I think you would, you would enjoy the food, food and the culture there. Okay. So, so, but, uh,
1: well, yeah. I, I mean, I have, I, I love, I love going to Texas, but I mean, by the time we get to Dallas, I mean, I don't want to drive another three hours, but yeah. maybe I have to next time.
2: Anyway, this is in the, so, um, this is in the, uh, brand new moody center that they just built built for the long texas longhorns basketball team so so i like going to new brand new arenas that i haven't been into i've been to the old place a few times a few times the frank irwin center but this is a brand new arena so i like checking off new new arenas and new places you know even if it's in old cities old cities i like checking those off the box it's that it might it's got to be again i shut the window down but that must
1: be like the biggest city in the united states that doesn't have a major professional sports team and maybe that's why I just assumed it was smaller than it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But it has the Texas, Texas Longhorns, which is like one of the biggest, yeah. big deals in, co- in all of college oh, yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's almost yeah. like, a, that's but it's almost like having a big sports franchise down there.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and, and honestly, those athletes are probably paid more than some pro sports athletes. But um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's probably why, you know, where we just didn't spring to mind as being a big city. But um, all right. So uh, why don't you uh, give us uh, three fights uh, on that? Uh, we want to look out for okay. outside of the
2: big fights. OK, this is a main card fight, third from top. And I don't know how it won't deliver a welterweight fight uh, between Tim Means and Kevin Holland. I mean, those guys, those guys have just exciting fights, fights all the time. And we, you know, we're, me and you both are big Kevin Holland fan, Kevin Holland fans. And Tim means is always has exciting fights. I don't know that my, that fight might end up being the best fight on the card. Uh, there's so many on here. Uh, I'm going to point out, uh, middleweight fight, Julian Marquez against Gregory Rodriguez because we Marquez is a fun guy who's a good submission artist and if he wins, you know, the post-fight interview will be very entertaining. And then uh, I'm going to go with you know <laughs> a bantamweight fight adrian yanez against tony kelly yanez is a knockout artist who who is he's very impressive and he could be a contender he's uh, 4-0 in the 4 the ufc with three knockouts and uh tony kelly is well he's kind of a guy that everybody wants to see lose and adrian yanez said that he's going to do his best to knock tony kelly out so we'll see if that happens
1: was Kelly the the idiot that didn't want to f-
2: drive de- flew, drove to Vegas because he didn't want to fly? Fly because he had not to wear a mask. And then he, then he's uh, yeah. Andrea Andrea Lee's boyfriend who who called right, uh, right. Okay. Vivian Raju yeah. a. We'll just say not not a very yeah 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 didn't yeah. use very nice language towards her in, in describing her no. So. Gotcha. Okay. And
1: yeah, man, I could have I could have easily given you three more fights, but my job is to do the ROI. And I did a lot of research here. And man, there's a lot of fighters on here that have like really high ROIs, but I like to go with a minimum of five fights before I would recommend put, putting a bet on them. And a lot of them have like only three or four where they actually had like betting odds. So the top three are actually, and I mentioned them earlier, Josh Emmett, 71.4% ROI. He's a plus 195 underdog, but he's five and one as an underdog. So um, he actually, when he's a favorite, he's actually the one of the two fights he lost, he was a favorite going in. Um, that was against uh, uh, Des Green um, and even against Jeremy Stevens. It was pretty much an even money fight. So when he's an underdog, he wins. Um, and then the second one is actually Donald Cerrone. Um, he's a minus 165 favorite, 6.9% ROI. That's over a long period of time. And he's got a 12-4 and 4 record as a favorite. And he is a favorite in this fight as well. So getting good value on Donald Cerrone at, pl- at minus 165. And then the third one is Julian Marquez. Uh, he's got 47.5% ROI. And he is a one sixty five plus one sixty five underdog against Gregory Rodriguez. But the only time he's been an underdog, uh, he in UFC, he's won. So that's, uh, you know, he's usually a favorite, but he did win, does uh, it? or it was actually not in UFC, but it was on the Contender Series against Phil Haas, who's also fighting on this show. Um, he won as a plus 185 underdog. So Phil Haas, Donald Cerrone, and uh, Josh Emmett are my ROI picks for this show. And uh, Ryan, take us through the rest of this
2: card. I'm looking at 14 fights in total. Yeah, yeah, it kicks off uh, at, uh, okay, it was four Eastern time. For each time with the prelims uh, all the fights are on ESPN Plus but there's also going on uh, the prelims will be on ESPN News and the main card will be on ESPN for those who like to watch on cable uh, it kicks off with a midway fight uh, Phil Halls against Darren Wynn uh, they were, they've been matched up a couple times and it's always kind of falling apart falling apart so we'll see if it happens <laughs> happens this week I mean the way that one that one's gone if there's a fight that's canceled during the week it wouldn't surprise me if it's that one but it's a fight. Then we have another middleway fight, Roman Dolize against Kyle Dacus Kind of a surprise that Kyle Dawkins oh. is this low on the card low on the card, which kind of shows how good this card is is for one and that should be a fun fight then you have a bantamweight fight with with you know one of the early WEC bantamweight champions eddie wineland you know he keeps keeps on fighting he's gonna fight cody stamen that's a that's a solid matchup right there right there both guys kind of need a win then you have a featherweight fight ricardo ramos against danny chavez uh women's strawweight fight maria Oliveira against gloria de paula a uh, women's flyweight fight jasmine jesuda vicious Just just however you say that, that, I think I'm... Yeah, that's right. Against uh, Natalia Silva. You have a welterweight fight, uh, former tough winner, Court McGee against Jeremiah Wells. And then you have the... uh, the uh, prelim headliner bantamweight fight Adrian Yanez against Tony Kelly. Then you have the main card on ESPN's kicking off at seven Eastern time. Kicks off with the middleweight fight Julian Marquez against Gregory Rodriguez. Then you have a lightweight fight Demir Ismagulov, who's on a long winning streak Ooh. and who has, you know, who could be up there in ranking with the win. He's fighting Guram Kudaladze. Then you have the middleweight a uh, middleweight fight Joaquin Buckley, best known for his viral knockout. Knockout of Impa And uh He's fighting Albert Durayev That's a That's a That's a That's a good fight right there too Then you have the Welterweight fight Tim Means against Kevin Holland Then you got Cerrone and Lozon And then Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett This is a really strong card That's a That's a hell of a card That uh Isma Gulov Kuda 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 Lod- Kuda Kuda
1: Kuda 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 Kuda, uh, Guram, uh, he, uh, he won as a big underdog in his last fight against Mateus Gamrot and he is, uh, he's an underdog here as well. So he's a guy I'm probably going to throw a few bucks on, even though I didn't recommend him in my ROI, but, uh, and Isma, but Isma Gulov is like, man, 23 and one, like, it's like looking like, uh, Islam Makachev, you know, it's good coming up out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's. Sunday or Saturday night, obviously. Um, ESPN, ESPN News, as you said. I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize they were airing on ESPN News. I can't imagine a ton of people watch on that station, but um, as as you said, most people, most big time fans, I watch every week, probably are just watching on ESPN Plus, anyways.
2: See. It's, um, it's so, so yeah. it's so easy. You don't have to change the channel. You just, you just start the stream yeah. from the, from the start, you know, for the fight night shows and then just leave it going. It's so easy to watch on there.
1: And then you also get the, um, you also get the entrances and everything. And, you know, you don't, uh, you know, you don't have as many commercials. I understand you have some commercials, but you don't have as many. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, I, I wish we had that here. Um, so uh, if you go to your uh, to Ryan's MMA Roundup column Ryan you made some changes this week and I I, I didn't get a chance to tell you yet I I'm really like uh, the changes that you did you're you know it's a lot of the same information just kind of presented in a different way but you've also added you know some um, you know change change up the way you're doing things like with you know you got a, a column called the pink slip where you're going over people that have been cut uh, what's next for the winners and losers and with a little bit of analysis which I really like and then uh, you know kicking off with the news and uh i guess outside of the uh pay-per-view um i just the biggest news might have been the announcement of um ufc 278 which i guess i mean technically the announcement happened on the pay-per-view but it's going to be in salt lake city which is what you talked about last week um and it's going to be headlined by kamara usman and uh, Leon edwards for the welterweight title
2: Yeah, I mean that was the that was the fight they were hoping for that show. Uh, It was all about whether or not Usman could be cleared. With his hand injury, I guess he's, I guess he's cleared. There was some, there was some talk that he wasn't going to be cleared for August 20th, but, but they got it done. And yeah, Usman and Edwards, Edwards was t- on Ariel Helwani's show today. Talk about like, he doesn't even, he doesn't even know where Utah is, you know, being from England. Oh, jeez, like, like doesn't know where Utah is or what what it's all about. So just get on the plane. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's only the second UFC event event to take place in Salt Lake city. So they, you know, you know, so. So it's a yeah it should be big show uh uh you know as far as what else is on the card i mean it's supposed to have rock hold and paulo costa but you know like like we say we'll see that we won't believe that fight's happening until it's actually in the cage so uh, yeah yeah we'll see what else they get for that co that show
1: well, hopefully Court McGee wins, uh, or or doesn't take too much damage on this card on Sat- on Saturday, and he can fight on, in Utah because I think he's from that area, right? Yeah yeah he's the one guy i always think of when i when i think of there i'm sure there's some others but he's he's probably the biggest name from there um and then uh, you've also got notification here that the ufc um card that was supposed to be originally be a fight night looks like it might be a pay-per-view now uh ufc 279 that's looking to be in either boston or atlanta
2: um yeah. and that uh and this would be on september 10th yeah, yeah, they kind of did some date shuffling around because I I had originally heard that the uh the September pay-per-view was going to be uh September 24th in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, but they did some shuffling around around I know they were trying to do September 17th in Toronto. Toronto, but that was, you know, for just a fight night card, not a pay-per-view, not a pay-per-view, but that kind of I don't know, I think it was COVID you know, COVID cases going, okay. going up or something that you know they couldn't they couldn't get it done. Get it done. I, I think they're still hoping to get into Canada before the end of the year, but I I don't you know I don't know what's kind of going on up there with you guys. With you guys, but,
1: it's uh, I mean it's it's weird because nobody ever talks about it. Like it just you know people get it. Like I you know I had it, but I got it in Vegas, and uh, my my wife, a bunch of people at her work have it, and it's like people don't even like you still even go, a lot of people still go to work when they have COVID. Like it's so weird. Um, I don't, I I think it's just like the flu now, but, um, I guess, you know, in some, some jurisdictions are still taking it seriously, but definitely not here.
2: I think the switch more had more, had more so to do because I think they're, there uh, UFC 281, they have that listed for Abu Dhabi. That's not a pay per view. It's just going to be an ESPN Plus special event like last year's was. Last year's oh, was, but they had that. yeah, except for yeah, uh, yeah. Who knows? Who <laughs> knows what they do? What they do with that? But uh, but uh, I think they were supposed to do two pay per views in between 278 and two in that one. And you know, I think they were if they were to the run. The twenty fourth of September and then October eighth. That's kind of you know that's only like two weeks, for shows. So this gives a little bit more of a breather because I th- I think I don't know for sure, but I think UFC two eighty is going to be October eighth and I think it'll be in Vegas because they're supposed to do four four pay per view shows a year in Vegas. So that. Probably is. They better slow down, or they're gonna hit three hundred before July twenty twenty four. Yeah, no, I have to kinda, do that. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird because the the way I was like looking at it, looking at it. Well, they,
1: it's it's perfect because it's two seventy six is is July. So you know, twelve a year. That's twenty four. That would be two years. But if they're doing more than one a month, then they're gonna
2: hit three hundred before that. Yeah, and they're only supposed to do do as far as i know 12 a year but by the time they hit 2a 280 that's 11 so are they only are they yeah but it it would be 12 a year if they weren't doing these goofy abu dhabi shows that yeah unfortunately they're getting a bunch of money for that and they came up oh yeah they have to do that yeah do that but i'm wondering it's starting to look like they might might be doing 13 pay-per-views this year this year so maybe they'll just go to uh maybe they'll just do memorial day in uh 2024 as the 300 nah, i mean that's the, got some history the, there, but yeah they're not they're not do the new owners don't want to run memorial day so mm. so that could just be some random show then or they just skip or uh, maybe they, they skip don't a month. care as much about 300 or yeah they skip, yeah, they they skip a that. month they yeah we'll fi- they'll figure it out yeah you know
1: yeah um and uh boston so yeah originally was looking at for austin but they they might be moving the august 13th show to san diego well the august 13th. which is the last the last show of this long run we're doing or second last show the second last show last
2: show the august yeah. 20th is the last one of the 12 year view. but yeah august 13th it was kind of originally it wasn't official, but it was being targeted for Boston, and all the fighters on the show were told Boston. But it's now being shifted to San Diego. They got a. Uh, it's being headlined by Dominic Cruz against Marlon Vera. Cruz lives and trains in San Diego. Vera used to live, I think, in San Diego, but he he lives in Irvine now and. But two south, oh, yeah. two southern California guys, kind of a, kind of a good idea. did to run that show there. Plus, they can now use Boston possibly for a pay, for the pay per view event. They, they're going to go to Boston this year. It's just a matter of when. When I know we have some, we have at least one listener who, who lives in Boston and is wondering when they're going to come. And probably a pay per view is better off than a fight night card. So. Shout out to
1: James. Yep. Uh, who I assume you're talking about. Um, all right, and uh, do, 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 do. oh, Dana White does not want to book Makachev for the lightweight title next. That Poor dude. Yeah, um,
2: yeah he's he's he's, he's going to fight Benil he, Darius. He's adamant on doing Makachev and Benil Darius next, which is, I mean, I, it's fine. It's fine. You know, it's what it's whatever. You know, so I don't. You know, I'm hearing rumblings that they're waiting to see what happens between Volkanovski and Holloway to figure out what they're going to do next with Oliveira. So, okay, st- still, still wouldn't surprise That's me. If so Oliveira- it still wouldn't surprise me if Oliveira's next title defense is against Conor McGregor. <laughs> the, yeah, the yeah, way I things know. are going,
1: ridiculous, but. I I can't believe that they would seriously consider giving Volkanovsky a title shot. You know, if he beats Holloway, because there's so many good guys at featherweight. But
2: yeah, there's I so mean, many good guys at feather. Before. Yeah, and plus plus the the uh, Henry Cejudo wild card there.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They should just do a tournament, but they don't like tournaments. Um, and uh you know, I guess you can talk about Bryce Mitchell if you want. No, um, no he's now, just he, <laughs> he's an idiot. Didn't he get a fight? Like he's fighting on, isn't he on that July 2nd card? Or is it no. somebody else? No, I'm, that's Brad Ridella. I always get those two mixed up for some reason. Um, yeah. the Yeah, so.
2: Bryce Mitchell, he's a good fighter, but he's one of those guys who shouldn't be near a microphone because he says a lot of dumb stuff. This week it was saying that the American government was behind the Uvalde school shooting that left nineteen. 19- Children oh, Jesus. So yeah, a moron. So it's just you know, yeah, the, uh, he, you know, he's one of those guy. He's one of those guys who, who his views in his mouth is going to end up getting him a, getting him in trouble and and for his, it's kind of like you know Sean Strickland and stuff like that. These guys are good fighters, but the things they say is going to end up hurting. Is going to end up probably hurting, being a detriment to their careers. So at this at that point, it's just like. Just shut your mouth. Just don't say anything.
1: Yeah. He was going to full disclosure. He was going to be on the show this week, but I, was, I heard these comments and I'm like, no, nah, you know, dude, uh, we'll, we'll have you on a different time, but we're not going to get you on this week. Um, and, uh, Bellator, uh, <laughs> I can't believe this story. This is the last item on your news thing, but it's so Bellator. They're going to let him fight Mike Perry in a bare knuckle fight in London. Um,
2: They're just stupid Michael Michael (laughs) Venom Page Yeah they're letting him Fight Mike Perry Yeah
1: You left that part out (laughs) Good lord Oh did I Okay sorry I'm just Because I'm flabbergasted Like one of their biggest stars um, You know Especially for that market And he's going to fight Mike Perry for bare knuckle fighting. Like why not bring Mike Perry in
2: to fight in Bellator? You know, if you want to get these two guys to fight, like yeah. it's just still dumb. Bellator but does some, whatever weird, it's Bellator Bellator does some weird things with their fighters. Like they let them fight and other promotions or fight bare knuckle or fight boxing when they don't have spots on cards for them, for him because you know, they, you know, they run, they don't run a whole lot of shows, but they have so many fighters. So it's like, like, MVP yes he just fought a month ago but he was telling them he wants to fight in August again and it was like oh we don't have room for you until at least October, October so they let him take they let these guys take fights elsewhere it's just you know we talk about the UFC running running too many shows but they have enough fighters to where they can run every every week and consistently get these guy guys fights and a lot of these Bellator fighters struggle for fights and I, who knows if the whole MVP thing is You know, he might be trying to fight out his contract, you know, as quickly as possible to get out of there, you know, so who who knows, but Um, him and Mike Perry talk uh, about, talk about just a random fight.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. That's the whole reason I'm flabbergasted by it. Like, it's, it'd be one thing if he was fighting like, you know, like a big star or something, but and, and especially in bare knuckle fighting, like, there's some, you know, he could take some damage and then not be available for six months. But, um, fight announcements, uh, there's not much here other than what we already talked about. Um, I mean, maybe. Kennedy and Jakubu and
2: Carl Robertson's is probably the biggest one. Well, you have a that, that you yeah you you uh, UFC two seventy seven July thirtieth. You have a flyweight fight Alexander Pintoha against uh, Alex Perez. Oh yeah, and, and that's that's so that's well, that's good because you now you have Pintoha on the uh, on the card in case anything happens to Moreno or Kaikar or France, you can slide him right into right in as a replacement for that interim title fight. Yeah, if needed. That makes a lot of somebody, sense, actually. Somebody so. misses weight or gets hurt late. You know, it's so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah, no, not much else other other than that. Um, and then you've got just the fighters that got cut. There's actually some surprising names: uh, Louis mocha who uh, you know he's been he's been cut a couple times. Um, the the two that really surprised me, and you marked down that they surprised you as well: T.J. Laramie and Tristan Connolly, a couple Canadian boys. Um, and uh, yeah, I, um, I T.J. Laramie, I just baffles me. Like when I saw him coming up in T.K.O., I thought he was going to be a big star, and he just really really struggled. And you See, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's kind of small, you know, for the weight class. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. What, yeah. what do you think? Any anyone
2: else you wanted to highlight I mean, of he, these names? I mean, Pat Sabatini was his last fight, and Sabatini's really good. And that was that's a tough guy yeah. to beat. Be, and Laramie, he only had two fights. I was that's why it came as a surprise because yeah, he's owing two, but he's only had two fights. And I don't know. Maybe if it's you know maybe there was something else there maybe he maybe he's not going to be able to fight for a while and just all that because because yeah yeah he's only had two fights but he's been with the promotion like signed signed for like 3 years now so he's only fought fought twice maybe they just want to let him go and maybe get some confidence back on the regional scene and then, and then bring him back. You know, that was, uh, but still that's a surprise. And the Tristan Connolly one was, was a surprise just because usually, you know, he was one and two. He lost two straight, lost two straight, but uh, usually, usually they signed guys originally to a four fight deal four fight deal. And it felt like he was a guy who, who they'd give the fourth fight to. I don't, you know, I don't know if there was something else, you know, the reason why he was released, but they got to make room. They're about to contender series starts in late July. They were already promoting it yep. this week, and and you're probably going to get twenty to thirty guys signed off that show. So they got to make room for these, for those guys and gals. Um, TJ's
1: got a. TJ's got a little brother who fights at flyweight, Tony Laramie, and he's racked up four straight wins on the regional. So I I expect we'll probably see him on the contender series, if not straight into UFC. So uh, you may hear Laramie and think it's, they brought TJ back but it's actually Tony um, who uh, who I expect will be in UFC uh, within the within the year um, and yeah uh, Frank Camacho you know highlight real guy Andreas Michaelitis Nicholas Stoltz you know guys that you know again if you lose there's probably a decent chance you're gonna get you're going to get shit canned. Um and uh you actually one of the new features on your uh on your column is the chopping block where you kind of go over and people can go go read that but you kind of predict uh you know anybody that you think might get cut.
2: Yeah. And uh yeah. spoiler alert there's a few from this yeah. past week's show that may get cut. Yeah, I kind of like I was trying to think of think of cuz in my previews I always have this what's at stake at the end and like yeah. feel like doing the whole crystal ball and the topic block is kind of a good follow-up follow-up because i put it Absolutely. put it, what's at yeah. stake stake right on line and then then once you have the outcome it's like Okay, now here's here's the follow up to that. So that was kind of that was kind of my idea. I, I kind of, to be honest, yeah. guys, if y'all read the column, I kind of got tired of the the history thing. History's fun, but but I've been doing that for almost three years now, and we're kind of I've been coming up on some weeks where I'm trying not to repeat stuff, and so it gets hard. So yeah. I just was like, I just like you know, you know, I don't my I like working my brain and trying to think of stuff like like what these guys should do next instead of like looking back looking back and sometimes it's difficult to find it, find stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I, I really like the, the new stuff. I mean, it's, it's the it's similar information to before, but it's presented differently with a little bit more analysis. So and and just kind of the format. It's it's going to take you a little longer to read, uh, but it's well worth the time. And uh, you know, and it's still you know we're still talking about like maybe seven or eight minutes as opposed to five. Or you know, if you really want to get into it and then you know, kind of go back and forth between like you know Google or ESPN or whatever, like to kind of look at the information differently. I mean, you could spend a half hour and really dig into it. So that's what I do. Um, but uh, yeah, so other than that, uh, just uh, coming up this week, there's not much else other than the big shows. We got a CES show uh, from uh, Long uh, from Rhode Island on Fight Pass, as well as Lux Fight League from Mexico, both airing on Friday night on Fight Pass. So those will be going head to head with PFL. So for Ryan, uh, Ryan actually. Um, before we get going so people can check out if you haven't heard it already ryan was on the wrestling observer as i mentioned at the beginning of the show saturday um the june 12th issue i guess technically sunday morning um so you can go check that out if you haven't already and then you can read ryan's uh, coverage of uh, last week's ufc show which i just read today uh in the observer and then of course next week you'll have coverage of ufc 275 which uh i'm sure will be a lot and hopefully maybe we'll have some business indicators by then and, uh, you know, all that good stuff that, that you like to put in there. So um, and uh, yeah, uh, and I've got uh, I got a show I'm going to be doing on the uh, Fight Game Media YouTube channel with Pat Laprade on my Cup of Joe with Grandpa Des show. So that'll be dropping sometime later this week. And I got some other guests coming up as well. And as well, you can check out the Dynamite show on the Fight Game Media Patreon that I do every Wednesday with Jeff Hawkins. Um, and uh, it's five bucks you get. I think it's a show a day now that we're offering up on, on that Patreon. So it's well worth the deal. So for Ryan, I've been Paul. And Ryan, why don't you take us home like you always do?
2: All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Enjoy the Fice this week and have a great week.
1: Later.